Amen. You can take your Bibles this morning again and uh, turn to First uh, Kings. It's there. We're going to look at uh, chapter 17, 1, 18, 1, 18, 21, and 18, 45 out of the book of uh, First uh, Kings. So we're going to kind of skip around a little bit. Uh, last week, if you were with us, I actually didn't even plan uh, on making this uh, uh, series uh, a, a, a series. You know, I was only going to do just uh, one sermon to start the year. Uh, last week we looked at uh, bring the rain in 2024, but uh, God just kind of began to uh, lay up on my heart, uh, and I think we need to understand in order for God to bring the rain. How, how many of y'all want all that God has for you this year? Amen. How many of y'all want to be blessed? You want your families blessed. You want to uh, have some prosperity. You want to grow in Jesus. You want to look forward to church. You want to have a little skip in your step, a little uh, glide in your stride. I, I mean, we need to desire to see God move, uh, not only in us uh, as individuals, not only in our church, but, but, but also in our country. And it's amazing when we look at uh, chapter 17 and chapter 18, uh, how much they parallel uh, to where we find ourselves in this day to which we are living. It's very um, uh, much the same as it was in this generation. In this generation, they had a choice they had to make. And so this morning, uh, we are going to look at a people uh, in need of rain. Last week, we talked about uh, an umbrella being just a, a statement of faith. And you know what? I believe that we ought to have faith. We got to have faith. When others can't see him, we got to be able to see him. When others can't feel him, we got to be able to feel him. When our world uh, is in as much chaos as it's in, I mean, we need to know that we are the joy makers in a world that is becoming joyless. We need to know that we are light people in a dark world. We need to know that we are good people in an evil world. And if anybody in this world today uh, ought to be excited, delighted, ought to be happy, that ought to just be a little bit different, uh, it ought to be those of us that are Christians. Now, when we look at this uh, story, most of us here this morning, we are, we're gathered here. I mean, I mean this is the uh, 21st day the third week in the month of 2024. And if we were to look to the skies above, I mean, the skies above uh, just doesn't seem like God is moving a lot. I mean, it seems like that we are, are in this uh, culture of evil. Uh, we're in this time of sickness. Uh, we're in this uh, world of plagues. And, and if we were to look to the skies, it, it doesn't look like God has much to say. And sometimes it's not so much um, that we're waiting on God. Sometimes God is waiting on us. And I believe this morning that we need to have the faith that, 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 that God is going to rain down uh, on us in 2024. It says, uh, the psalmist said it best when he said that the heavens declare the glory of God. There are times when we consider God's glory and how it blesses us. But then there are also times that we ought to consider God's glory uh, in spite of us. And we need to know today that he is all-powerful. We need to know that God is a good God. And Jesus tells us that we ought to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. In other words, today, if, if it's a financial provision, a healing provision, then we need to seek El Shaddai. 
who is the all-sufficient one. If it's a physical health, a divine strength, then we need to uh, seek out Jehovah Rapha, who is a healer. If it's an emotional peace that surpasses all understanding, we need to seek the Prince of Peace. If you want joy, favor, goodness, mercy, loving kindness, hope for today, and strength for tomorrow, amazing grace, seek him who in his presence is the fullness of joy. Today we are experiencing the drought. No matter how you would look at it, you don't have to be a Bible thumper, you don't have to be a scholar, you don't have to read your Bible every day. We, we, we obviously know that there is a great drought in our land. There, there is a drought uh, in our churches. There, there is even a drought amongst uh, some Christians. Today we are in desperate need uh, of an anointed rain. We talked about, not always, but sometimes within the scripture, rain represents revival. And today, we are going to read about another generation that needed rain. They, they needed revival. And I want to show you why they needed it and the choice that they had to make in order to receive it. You see, the story of Elijah and the drought is one of the best known stories in all the Bible. But it's much more than the prophet who brought a fire down from heaven and a judgment upon the people. It's a story of a generation who had turned its back on God. And I don't have time to, 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 to labor this point very long, but there could be little doubt today that we are living in a generation that has turned its back on God. Today, we are looking for all the answers in all the wrong places. The answer from the beginning of time to now is still the same. The Bible says, blessed is the nation. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is their Lord. The reality of that verse is that as long as you are serving the Lord, you will receive the blessings from him. But when you consider the opposite, then all of a sudden the blessings will cease. You see, you cannot turn your back on God and not suffer the consequences of that decision. You cannot turn from the God who is the light of the world and not face darkness and destruction. Friends, today we are living in a world that is facing darkness and destruction. You cannot turn from the rock of ages who is stable and sure and not face a world that is filled with trouble. Today we are living in a nation that is filled with trouble. You cannot turn from the Prince of Peace and not face a world that is filled with fear. Today, our nation is filled with fear. You cannot turn from God that is filled with love and not face a world that is full of hatred. Today, we are living in a generation, we are living in a time where there is more hatred and divide than I've ever seen in my lifetime. So what do we do? What is it that we ought to consider that we need to turn to? And in the situation that we all face this day, the only thing that we can do as a nation and as a people and as individuals is simply turn back to God. We need to turn back to God. We need to turn back to the God of Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob. We need to turn back to the God who loves us and gave himself for us. We need to turn back to the one who holds the seven seas in the palm of his hands and who calls the stars by name and he numbers the hills and the mountains. The time has come for us in the era of our ways to face the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and Jesus is his name. And if you want rain to fall, If you understand that we are a people in need of rain, we need rain to turn back again to living water. We need joy in our lives. We got to turn back to him. Today, we need the pain to be a thing of the past. We need to turn to the burden bear. If you want hope, you need to turn to the God of hope. If you want direction, you need to turn to the one who makes a way where there appears to be no way. We should stop asking ourselves, when will it rain? We need to get it and get it down straight. We need to just simply understand that it is going to rain when God's people humble themselves and they pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. It says, then we'll hear from heaven and we'll forgive their sin and we'll heal their land. We are a nation and a people that need to turn back to God for the showers of blessing. And I've made up my mind as we enter this year that, that I don't want to just simply go to church. I, I don't just simply want to sing songs. I, I just simply don't want to listen to sermons. But I want all that God has in store for me. I mean, I don't want to be the tail. I want to be the head. I want to be the connected to the royal throne room. I, I want to take back some power that the search has, has circumceded over to the world. I want some of this joy that is mentioned in Scripture that in His presence, presence is the fullness of joy. I want to experience some of these miracles. I I want to see people saved. I I want to see people glad. I I want to see people uh, live out the Christian life. If there's anybody on the planet that ought to be joyful and excited and happy in anticipation of what's going to take place, it ought to be God's people. Today, we don't have any reason to hang our heads, but friends, we ought to hold our heads high. And we ought to know today that we are one day closer than we were yesterday, one week closer than we were uh, last week, one month closer than we were uh, the month before last, one year closer than we were last year. Friends, we are living in an exciting time. We, we have a seat on the front row to what it is that is going to take place. And if you understand that, then we ought to be a people that ought to want to bring down the rain uh, in 2024. And I'm praying for every single person here. I've I've made a newfound commitment. I want us to just pray for one another. I want to pray for you. And I want this year to be a prosperous year. I I, I told our uh, congregation on Wednesday night, uh, certainly not without its faults, not without its failures, not without its downturns and its lows and its valleys. But I believe that if I was looking back over my almost, almost 30 years of ministry, I believe last year was probably my best spiritual year that I ever had in the ministry. And um, I, I praise you. Give the Lord a hand of praise for that. I didn't do anything to deserve it. Uh, it, it. It wasn't even due to my faith. It was just due to the goodness of Almighty God. I just seemed to find favor even when I wasn't looking for it. Sometimes I would just trip into a miracle. Sometimes God would just be walking with me and touch me in ways that I never thought I could be touched. 
uh, or shown what to do, but I, 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 I want that for all of us today. I, I, I want us to live this year out. And wouldn't it be great if we all got to the end of the year and we could say, Pastor, you know what? I, I had some ups. I had some downs. I had some moments. But as I got to this end of the year, this was one of the best spiritual years that I ever experienced. Wouldn't that be great for all of us? That's what I want. Uh, that's what I desire. But uh, this morning, uh, I want to I preach a message uh, on a people uh, in need of a rain. And, and, and I want you to understand that, that within these couple chapters, we see a very parallel story of what we find in our nation today. So let's stand this morning in honor of God's word. This is the inspired word of God. In this word, is the power to change lives. First Kings 17 and 1. We're going to do some skipping around. But it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth. He makes a proclamation there. As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain, these years, but according to thy word. Last week we read 1 Kings 18 and 1, and it simply says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Then in verse 21 it says, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long will you be between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if it be Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. And then we see this great revival take place in verse 45. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and when and there was a great rain. There was a great rain. Let us pray. Father God, we're, we're just thankful, Lord, for your word this morning. And Lord, we know that your word is powerful we know, Lord, that it's inspirational. We know that it's directional. And Lord, for these next few moments, Lord, I, I pray that I would decrease so that you could increase, that we not merely hear a word about you, not merely hear a sermon. Lord, we're not here just gathering and wasting time, but Lord, today we are here as victorious warriors that are trying to do the best we can to overcome the world to which we find ourselves living. And Lord, today I pray that your word will go out in such a way, if there's somebody here lost in need of you, that they'll be saved. Lord, we just thank you and love you, and it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, this story of Elijah is a story of a generation who had a choice to make. Now I want you to think about that. This story is a story of a generation that had a choice to make. This story of Elijah is a, is a story of a, of a generation who had a choice to make. From the earliest days of church preachers, they had been preaching about Elijah. As a matter of fact, James in the New Testament, the pastor of that first century church, told his congregation in James 5, 17 and 18, he said of Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it did not rain, and it did not rain for three years and six months, and he prayed again, and the heavens produced this mighty rain, and it gave fruit upon the earth. 
Elijah was not supernatural. He was natural. He had a powerful prayer life. He prayed, and for 42 months, not a drop of rain. I've seen no significant rain for 42 months, but yet here we see uh, in this time of drought, Elijah is simply having the faith that it is going to rain at his word because God has given him a vision. God has given him a story. The king uh, that had done evil in the sight of God, Ahab had built altars, and there was the altar of fertileness. If you planted a seed, then your seed to pray to Baal, that that seed would come to grow, but it didn't. If you needed rain, uh, you asked Baal, and all of a sudden the water pots would become full, but it didn't. If you needed warmth from the frost, you would ask Baal. When you sit down to eat uh, no need to thank Jehovah God. You just needed to thank Baal. If you had a cow and she had a calf, you would just simply thank Baal. If you had a wife that was pregnant with a child, you would just simply thank Baal because uh, he uh, alone uh, gave uh, her the ability to be able to conceive. You see, all they did was thank Baal. And here's the problem. God in his word claims that he is the Lord Almighty. And he will share his glory with no one. The cho- they chose to adopt a modern-day God that was acceptable and tolerable. They chose to disobey God. They, they chose to disobey God, the God that created the heavens and earth. They chose to pray to another deity uh, in is God that brings the seed time and harvest, and they chose to give glory uh, to another, but it's God that is the giver of life, and he sent the prophet into the chamber of the king, and he stood up and he said one sentence. We find in just this one verse in chapter 17, 1, it's going to outline what it is that I'm going to say, and I, and I said this last week, that imagine the faith of this one man. He walks into the throne room. He walks into the king. They they haven't seen any rain in a very long time. And he walks in and he simply has the faith to say that, hey, I'm not going to bow to all these pagans. I'm not going to follow all these false gods. I'm not going to go along with what the world says. I'm not going to find that acceptable and tolerable. But I am going to serve the one true God. He says, the one true God that lives, and I am going to take a stand, and then God will send the rain when it is that God gets ready to send the rain. Friends, we are living in a world at the moment, and this isn't news to anybody here today, but we have made God acceptable and tolerable. We have got to get back to the times where we take a stand and let the world know what's wrong is wrong, what's right is right, and we've got to let them know that we follow the Word of God and that we follow Jesus Christ, and no matter what it takes, we're going to do that. Friends, the church does not owe the world an apology. The world owes Jesus an apology. And Jesus died upon the cross for mankind's sin. He has already done all that's necessary. The greatest decision any man or woman will ever make in this lifetime is simply to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to have fellowship and relationship with Him, and then to make a stand for Almighty God. So in verse 17, 1, Elijah with his umbrella, walks into the throne room of the king. And he says, whether you believe it or not, he said God lives. I mean, I know we got all these bad things going on. 
I know we can't tell the difference between men and women anymore. I, I know we got all this racial divide. I know we got all this presidential and politics stuff. I know we got all of these things. But I want you to know, in the middle of all this, I've got my umbrella out and I want to declare to you, it says this in chapter 17, verse 1, as the Lord God lives. Listen, your opinion does not change that reality. God today is alive on the throne. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is still in control whether we want to believe it or not. And God can do whatever God wants to do. And I don't think we're waiting on God as much as we think we are. I think God's waiting on us. He's waiting for us to make a choice. You may bend your knee and pray to a false God. You may live how you want all week long, but the one true God is still sitting on the throne. He is still all powerful and he still wants us to give him glory. The thing that amazes me about the love of God is that it's for all people. Whether you're an agnostic, whether you're an atheist, they sometimes try to spend their time disproving who God is. When the sun comes up in the morning, his mercies are new toward every individual. They are renewed. His name is still worthy to be praised. The inconsistency of man has no bearing on the everlasting and eternal nature of Almighty God. You see, man is inconsistent. But God is very consistent. God is very stable. God is very sure. He changes not. And Elijah the prophet is letting us know right from the very beginning that even though this world would have us believe today that we have got to accept a God that is somehow changing with time, that sometime he's becoming more acceptable of the things in the world. God, sin that was sin 2,000 years ago is sin today. It'll be sin 2,000 years from now. God has already weighed in on what sin is. And we've got to start calling sin, sin again. And we've got to let people know, apart from all Almighty God, forgiven your sin, you are going to bust hell wide open and you'll spend eternity apart from God. You know what? I noticed I didn't get any amens right in there. You know what? We've gotten to a place now in our world that no preacher preaches on sin anymore. You notice that? I flip the channels a lot of times and I, I, I mean, it's rare. I'm not saying there isn't any that don't do it, but listen, it, 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 it's, it's hard to find preachers today that are preach on sin. But friends, we need to understand that in the end, we need to make sure that we have a relationship with God and we need to make sure that we have been forgiven of our sins. And we need to make sure that we are prepared to meet Almighty God. And what the prophet says to Ahab, he just simply declares in the midst of this long drought, in the midst of this dryness, in the midst of all of this sinfulness, he says, I want you to know that my God lives and that my God is on the throne. And today, church, I want you to know today that our God lives. I know at times the world looks bleak. I, I know at times that, that we can talk about how bad things are. But I want to tell you the one thing that's good. I want to tell you the one thing that's true. I want to tell you the one thing that's loving. I want to tell you the one thing that's merciful. I want to tell you the one thing that has grace. 
I want to tell you the one person that sticks closer than a friend or brother. I, I want to tell you today that there is nothing like our God. Our God lives and our God cares for you. And he wants you to enjoy this life. I mean, he don't want you to wait to heaven to enjoy life. But God wants us to have a little bit of heaven here on earth. And today we, I know there's going to be moments of, of decline and moments of sadness. But God desires his children. To have a little bit of heaven here upon earth. And I'm praying in 2024, we are desperately a people in need of rain. We could probably talk about that for many weeks. But I'm praying that you will understand what we really need is Almighty God. In that same chapter and verse, Elijah basically says, before whom I stand. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. I want you to know this, that one man standing with God has more power than a whole nation turning away from him. You know, so often I hear people say, well, what can the church do? How can Christians make a difference? Think about this, that, that man in the throne room, he is up against this whole nation that has made a choice to follow the world, made a choice to follow Baal. But he has decided that he's going to take a stand for Almighty God. Elijah says that, hey, it's not going to rain. It's not going to do except at my word. Consider the power we have. The Bible says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed, and it will be cast into the sea. I want to ask you a question this morning. What mountain did you bring here with you this morning? Because I believe that in this crowd today, I may not hit every mountain that's in this room this morning, but I, I believe today that we got some mountains that we brought with us. You got to put your faith in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of his word to speak to that mountain with that mustard seed. To the mountain of fear, I challenge you to declare that the Lord is your light and he's your salvation. Of whom shall you be afraid? The Lord is your strength of your life. For the many of us, it might be a mountain of worry. Today, a lot of people are worried. Speak to that mountain. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Maybe your mountain here this morning is a mountain of sickness. You need to speak to that mountain and say that by his stripes, you are healed. Maybe you're going through a season or a mountain of financial lack. You need to speak to that mountain and say, my God is more than enough. He is my shepherd and I shall not want. He promised to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Maybe it's a mountain of rejection. Say to that mountain and declare to that mountain that God is for me. And who can be against me? Maybe it's a mountain of guilt. You need to declare to that mountain that no one or anybody or anything can separate us from the love of Almighty God. To the mountain of weakness, you need to shout and simply say that we can do all things through Christ Jesus. To the mountain of your past, you need to declare that it has been forgiven and that it has been forgotten. To the mountain of your future, you need to say that he will make a way where there appears to be no way. 
The message is this, you are a child of God and you need to be redeemed and the redeemed of the Lord need to simply say so. Listen, we've got to choose whom we're going to serve. We've got to choose who we're going to stand for. And we need to have faith enough to believe just as that mustard seed that there is no mountain in our lives that's in front of us that's too big for us to overcome. You know what, lately, it just seems like that there's just been a whole lot of things going on. And I don't, I, I, I don't know, this is how the Lord has spoke to me, and maybe he would speak this to every pastor, and I mean, this would be pretty, pretty subtle, this would be something cliche, this would be something of every pastor. But God has just renewed in me the old song that says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other font I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Friends, this life boils down to nothing but the blood of Jesus. You and I, we need to have that focus. We need to have that relationship. We need to have that mentality. We need to have that faith that just simply allows us to realize that this isn't some religious thing. This isn't some church thing, but this is a, this is a God thing. And you and I have got to take a stand. We, we've got to let our world know from the rooftops to the doors, to the floors, to all over. we got to let our world know the most important decision a man or woman will ever make upon this earth is not whether or not they buy a house here or there or a car or how much money they leave to their family. The best thing we can leave to our families is the assurance of knowing that we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. You know, I'll tell you what, I, I, I don't know how I rank amongst people but the one thing that I do know that my family knows, and there ain't going to be no doubt about that, is that this brother knows, but he knows, but he knows, but he knows, but he knows. He knows Jesus is his Lord and Savior. And I'm going to take a stand for him. And listen, there's a lot of things I may not know, but the one thing I do know, and that's that I'm saved. When we look at taking stands, we talked a little bit about this last week. Moses took a stand before Pharaoh, and he led millions of people to freedom. Joshua took a stand and he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. David took a stand and he slew a giant. Daniel took a stand and he defeated a lion. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took a stand. They overcame a fiery furnace. Nothing great for God has ever done until we take a stand. And friends, it's becoming more and more evident, more and more clear that the Christians of this generation are going to have to take a stand. So the prophet Elijah says that as the Lord God lives, then he says, before whom I stand. And then let me just simply close with this. In order to receive a blessing, sometimes you've got to give a blessing. We know just simply from chapter 18 and 45, Mount Carmel, the fire fell from heaven. Elijah could have been known in the Bible as really the first trash talker. I mean, he had a faith that God was going to do what God said that he was going to do. 
He rebuilds the altar of sacrifice, the animal, and he asks for 12 barrels of water. He puts the water from the land on the altar. Then he's going to ask God to send the fire, to send the rain. People would have been surprised. What are you doing with the water? You see, in order to receive, sometimes we've got to be willing to give. And I know that there are many of us today that have needs. And if we could give a forecast on many of us this morning, we are dry and desolate. It says, and suddenly there was this sound of an abundance of rain. And I'm here to tell you today that God keeps his promises. One promise he says, give and it shall be given Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. God wants to send rain down, I believe, in this year. Today, he will send rain down with his provision in such a way that you will go from not enough to more than enough. Some of us, we may have a marriage that has become dry. We need to pray for God to send down rain. Today, you may have a bank book that is empty. You need to pray for God to send down some rain. Today, you may have a home that's in need. You need to pray for God to send down some rain. Today, your confidence has been shaken. You need to pray God to send down some rain. Today, you may have children that are prodigals. You need to pray God to send down some rain. Today, if you're lonely, broken, busted, and disgusted, you need to pray for God to send down some rain. Today, if you're lonely, dejected, and abused, you need to pray for God to send down some rain. Today, if you're lost in darkness or afraid, you need to pray for God to send down some rain. An old school song that we used to sing in our churches It said, there shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. There shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing. Now as to Jesus we call. And the refrain was showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Friends, I, I hope that all of us are tired of just simply going to church. And I hope that we are tired of just simply going through the motions of religion. Now, I don't mean you don't show up for church. But I mean when you go to church, you expect to encounter Almighty God. Don't go to church expecting to hear a sermon. Go to church expecting to see God move. Go to church sometimes, pack your lunch. You know, you know I, I, what would be cool this year is some of y'all pack your lunch when you come to church. So we just bring some lunch boxes. And why would you do that? It would actually be like a symbol of faith with that umbrella. You would just plan on staying there a little bit longer. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? How many of y'all have ever took your lunch box to church? Oh, come on. Really? Seriously? That's good. That's good. Hey, praise God for them. I'm going to get them up here next week. Listen, all I'm saying is we need to pray that God is going to bring the rain. God is going to bring revival in a way that we never, ever expected or anticipated. Wouldn't it be great if we, we just, you had to borrow somebody's lunch here, you know, and maybe they just had a couple fish and some bread and we'd pass around and maybe God would feed like the, the, 
the 300 instead of the 5,000 or whatever. That'd be pretty cool. Listen, if you want things to be like they've always been, then just keep doing what you've always done. But if you want God to pour out upon you, we've got to get above this, this, this stuff, this stuff, this stuff, this stuff's done God out of control. I, I've said it a few times now, we, we've done gone beyond the norm. It, it, it's, it's crazy. But listen, I'm not going to concentrate upon that because I serve a God who lives and I'm going to stand for that God and I am going to give a blessing so that God will allow me to be that blessing. Today, if you're here and you're lost and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this altar's open. If you need to join this church, rededicate your life. Maybe you just need a prayer over your life that this year will be your best spiritual year you've ever experienced. Let's stand.